Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just came to me in a dream. Yeah. <laughs> Fever dream. Yeah. yeah, you know, I was just lying in bed last night. I was like, you know, it'd be really funny if I sucked off my butt plug covered in coffee on my live stream tomorrow. <laughs> Honestly, I think it was, I was like this and like, this looks like it'd fit in here. So it's more like primal sure. direction. Yeah. You know? I mean, you're pretty good with, with shapes. They That would definitely fit. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. My spatial awareness. <laughs> It's yeah, it's special on point. reasoning. Um, am I correct in assuming we are live? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Welcome no, to please. <laughs> well, he told us like he told when? us like two minutes ago. Oh my god. <laughs> Welcome to Amber Live at five. Can we it is Friday. Right we about tr- the, it was right about the time where you said <laughs> where you started I would suck <laughs> off my butt <laughs> it was. I, so. I, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was not born <laughs> adequately. <laughs> When Why in? would I say that when I know it's live? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> How are you saying that? I mean, bro? I knew it was coming, so I just kept pushing. <laughs> Adam, said, like a, Adam said, G'day, like, good to see three. Fuck, can't even talk today. Good to see three Hawaiian shirts. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It's I mean, it's a rare, rare, rare occasion. Yeah. I had to wait till Dan could give me a hand me down because <laughs> I don't, I don't well, purchase clothing. I didn't even get this. As got for me because her and Tran went what to. Why didn't you give me one? Apparently, must I'm the one that doesn't that's a wear Dan one. Shirt. She's going, that's a Dan shirt for sure. Yeah. Um, and it's a banger, I'll be honest. Yeah, it looks yeah. good. Yeah, it's I dig it. very colourful. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot going on, but I dig it. Yeah. I mean, pretty classic Hawaiian motif. Mm. Oh, yeah, for Hello, sure. Dusty. Oh, Dusty, what's up? I'm so super excited. Oh, is it oh, Wednesday? Fuck no. yeah. No, it's Friday. <laughs> it's Friday. <laughs> which means, I mean, Dusty's probably drunk. Are you all right? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Dusty, like seems, <laughs> Dusty seems like he's getting close to finishing that big roof from what I saw today, but oh, oh, I know nothing about roofs. roofs so Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, the rain I, the, I would the say the less probably. holes it has in it, the closer it is to being done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but that's just my two cents. Otherwise, Shit, it's, like a, it's more like an atrium otherwise. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um why? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Welcome to Amber Live 5. It is Hawaiian Shirt Friday. Hawaiian Shirt Friday. Shirt yeah. Friday. We're uh, banging the colors in. We are. And I think um, we'll cover off on what's going to be happening next week, just for anyone that hasn't caught um, any of the previous four episodes this week. Uh, next week, the live times will be changing. Uh, as of Monday, it'll be Monday morning, live at 8 a.m., and it'll be a live stream session of the Hard Way podcast. So um, rather than do the usual engagement sort of situation, uh, what we're going to do is just talk, do one of our podcasts. It'll be streamed live. Uh, If you're on your way to work, you can listen to it. Uh, If you're just up at that time in the morning, you can just put it on. Um, If you do ask questions, you can put them in the chat. If you do have any, um, I guess, thoughts or opinions on the topics that we're covering, then put them in the chat. We will probably get to them uh, Tuesday afternoon. And uh, that should allow us to get through, I guess, the podcasts a little bit quicker. Mm. Um, it'll also get more of our article content recorded for you guys to listen to either on Monday mornings or later on whenever you feel like it. Um, that podcast is already on Spotify, Apple Music, Google thing. All the know. existing ones. Sure, yeah. 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 Um, so that'll be streamed Facebook. Uh, Instagram, Twitch, the usual. Um, the other change is Wednesdays. So Wild West Wednesdays will be Twitch only from as of yesterday or Wednesday. Um, it's Twitch only because it puts it behind an 18 plus screen, 
which just means that you know people can't accidentally tune in hear us hear us talking about whale calm or something like we did all of Wednesday. <laughs> there's, a use, there's a use for it. I'm sure. <laughs> it's got to be. Um, the last change is that the Friday lives next week will be a lunchtime live. So Amber live at lunchtime. Um, so that anyone that's you know keen for the weekend wants to head straight home from work and hit the piss and get lit, do lines, you know the usual <laughs> weekend the activities. Um, then they don't need to, you know, delay those activities listening to us yeah, as we like expect fuck. they would. Mm. You know, I assume there are lots of people sitting at home right it's now. Like, just hey, going, you want to come out for a beer? And they're like, oh, oh I've got to watch. Got this gotta live. Watch yeah, I hate to. I'll be ready hate, at six. I hate to <laughs> picture the situation where yeah. there's just someone just so keen for a frothy, just desperate for a frothy, shaking in their boots, <laughs> yeah. their work boots, um, after a Friday work day. Yeah, working on a just roof. So and, uh, keen, and the, and I mean, they're just stuck listening to us, which yeah. I assume is enjoyable, just not as enjoyable as cocaine. I think we've uh, converted <laughs> 91 Tay over to Twitch. Oh, yeah. Uh, Welcome to said, the new platform. Holy fucking Hawaiian shirt. He got one that fits. This well, stands old. That's my old one, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we had a little ceremony before this yeah. where um, I passed it. <laughs> Nathan took off his shirt. We oiled him up. And uh, I kissed him on the forehead and placed the shirt over his shoulders. Yeah, and that's just a, a work culture. It's, yeah, you might not get it. Yeah, it's totally, it's totally normal here. <laughs> um, <laughs> thing that we just do. Dusty said to clear some things up. Right. Okay. Uh, he hasn't had an alcoholic drink in five weeks. Oh, oh wow. shit! And damn. Then not even close to finishing the roof. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. does answer a couple of questions yeah. I had. Yeah. So <laughs> at least two. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's um, cool. How do you feel better, Dusty? Not drinking? Like, he didn't drink weeks, that often yeah. anyway, though. Well, I guess you? five weeks you're getting into that the yeah. end of the. Starting to become more of a, like, just a thing that you do rather than something mm. you actually concentrate on. Like, rather than being like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to have a beer tonight. It's just like, oh, whatever. I just, yeah. I'll just yeah. have my usual. I'll just have my usual cup of oolong. Water flavored coffee. <laughs> it's a tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'd be interested to know how he feels after five weeks of not drinking, even if it's only like probably Friday fairly nights. sober, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the other effects, yeah, plus the uh, the hard work on the hot roof. Oh, oh it just wait, when you sweat. describe it like that, <laughs> the uh, well, that reminds me of a fat of steel mill. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I imagine is just like a blacksmith up on the roof, certainly yeah. Yeah. swinging, yeah, yeah, as a plumber. You know what these pipes seem? Do you hit <laughs> hit with this hammer? The old percussive restart. Yeah, that'll get him going. Uh, he said, "Yeah, I do, man. I actually said no to after work beers today. I surprised myself. I feel oh, really cool. good, man. I don't crave the Friday rum anymore. That's Ooh. good. Yeah, yeah. Good. big Very difference. Good. Yeah, yes. The Friday rum is a tricky one if you you're, if you're craving it." Your especially commitment so, to Jesus was only for two months, wasn't it? <laughs> Three. <laughs> yeah, originally then, I was like, Lord, let me into your life yeah. for the next three months. Three, was it? And yeah. then after that, you're just like... He just loved the warm embrace of Jesus' arms. Yeah. Couldn't stop myself, you know. I kept coming back <laughs> for, for, <laughs> to more, for more embraces. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I... Um, like. It was weird timing because it certainly wasn't a new New Year's resolution or anything. But I started a new program um, in January oh, right, 2019. Yeah. And um, and I was like, for the next 12 weeks, which was the length of my program, I'm just not going to drink so that I can recover better and see if I can put some um, better numbers up, squat and bench and stuff. Um, 
And then, you know, throughout the process of that 12 weeks, I got to the end of it and I was like, oh, I actually feel pretty good. Mm. My, um, I noticed that I was going through like ups and downs every week and I was compensating a bit with alcohol and just using it as a coping mechanism. So um, it took that like stopping it for something I gave a fuck about. So like I stopped it because I wanted to be better at training and my fitness took a priority. But then a byproduct of that was like, oh, I actually feel really fucking good now. Darcy's so. going to have to change his Twitch challenges to from 500 bits for a shot of rum to to like 10 push-ups or something. Yeah, yeah the push-ups are pretty bits popular. And I'll, and I'll fucking smash this blunt. A <laughs> <laughs> rocker cone, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen there's a, one of the really big Twitch streamers recently had um, Summit 1G, I don't heard of him. Mm. Um, he was like, oh, so I'll be right back. And he when hit the wrong button and turned his camera off. And you see him just like turn his chair. The wrong button. He turned his chair and just pulled this huge bong. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, uh, I think he checked the chat. Everyone's gone. Like it's still on. He's like, <laughs> oh, that was "What was candle. I gonna do with that?" And that's just uh, that's find like out my next mom. week. Like and my mom. Sorry, how many billies can I smash? <laughs> yeah, I'm a glass blower in my free time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So and yeah, since January 2019, have not drunk. So yeah, I'm impressed that Dusty, like he said, he surprised himself with the social drinks because social events uh make giving up substances a lot more difficult like yeah. a lot of like especially alcohol and smoking tobacco because um, yeah. they're such social things to have a smoke or go and have a drink like that's yeah. really like are you just gonna be with us especially i guess in that environment as well yeah um yeah well i one of the reasons why i stopped drinking is because i kept smoking when i was drinking when i was used like to punch just, some dubs yeah, yeah. fucking smashed them <laughs> um <laughs> And uh, I was like, you know what? I need to cut this shit away. And if stopping drinking is going to help me cut that shit away, then I will uh, see, do that. Adam said, I used to sink two beers after work every night so I, could get, so I couldn't get called back in or stabbed for guard. <laughs> Genius. Genius. Strategic, yeah. strategic, I think I remember everyone strategic saying, that's right. Two or not. Sure, yeah, that's definitely not our problem. Uh, so, sorry, sir. You can, you can lie yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you say. Like, if they rock up at you, if they knock on your door and say, hey, we need a guard member, just say, oh, I just sunk some piss. I can't. Piss into this cup and prove it. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, then I'd put the drink in my mouth, like sip it, and then go into the toilet. <laughs> or just like pissing it and then spitting it with the alcohol. Obviously in that order, yeah. <laughs> pissing it, put the alcohol in my mouth, drink the, put the piss in my mouth, swirl it around, gargle it, and then put it back in the uh, That's I fucking a, disgusting. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Just Why would you put the you alcohol in there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand the point. <laughs> um Adam said compulsory work functions were the worst for a drink. Um, compulsory fucking hate work compulsory. anything sucks. They're like, like, come and have fun. Like, I don't. That was every yeah. Thursday. Do you know what battalion. fun is? Yeah. <laughs> that was every Thursday battalion with the boozer. Like, oh, you got bo- everyone's boozer. Yeah. And everyone's just like, see, I'll be here at 3.30. You'll have an early knock after that. See, I rocks up at 5.30 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> You've been sitting in the sun for like two hours. Yeah, you feel like it's an overheated lizard. Absolute piece of shit. How dare they let him run a battalion? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those things sucked. I hate them. Every single one. Yeah, that, I mean, I had it a bit easier, I think, at uh, my last job because um, turning down work drinks was like a favorite thing of mine to do. <laughs> you know, they'd be like, oh, you know, are you coming out for Friday beers with the team this weekend? I'd be like, oh, 
Absolutely you know, not. Yeah. That gym session that I do every Friday, <laughs> yeah. still on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing came up that made me want to cancel it. Yeah. So, including this event. <laughs> this me. particular event. Yeah. yeah. So when I um, um, started really getting into business, I guess, because it's like basically my hobby that I really enjoy, I would, yeah, be super comfortable turning down work drinks because I'm like, I'm going to go home and do this other fun thing that I love. No one else understood. I thought I was just being dull. That's me and oh, being alone. That was, <laughs> that was exactly the same with the gym thing. Yeah, that's, that, that's I was mean. just like, yeah, no I've got to go train. It's my favorite thing to do. And they're like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> you must be a loser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. Strong as fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I guess if you want to be a good boss, don't fucking make... Compulsory work functions <laughs> every no. week. Yeah, I mean, there's a function here tomorrow night. Th- well, it? that's for balance CU members. Yeah, so we mm. were conveniently left out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Trent's watching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, said, he said, "Hey, Holla Legends." Oh, good. Before. Yeah. No, um, we, yeah, we. Yeah, where was my invite that I could deny? <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit. I think, I think you're in bed. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, absolutely right. If even if a trend had told us, we've been like. I got something. Oh yeah, oh, I got it. Oh, that's my um. You say movie night? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't watch movies. <laughs> no, I hate them. Hate them. Yeah, not for me. Not for me. Uh, listen to this. This ignoring is, them. This is actually a big statistic since okay. COVID hit as well. You know why I stopped? To be honest, Dusty says. Right. I fucking love Seven Days to Die, and I actually don't want to play it drunk because I like being super focused. Yeah, and there has been a lot of statistics coming out saying as gaming has got better, teenage drinking has gone down. That's sick. It's the it's the and better alternative. Yeah, yeah. It gets sick. Especially when yeah, when COVID. Well, there was this statistic before COVID, but obviously COVID gaming went up a lot, and people couldn't go out and drink, so it's probably affected that accuracy a bit. Yeah. But even before COVID. As gaming was going up, teenage drinking was going. Teenage drinking is very, very, very bad. bad. <laughs> yeah, um, I got a fake ID though. Well, that's what, and that's like, exactly right. Like, yeah, people would rather go home and Friday night and game instead of. Well, you can game with your mates, and yeah. it's probably more fun than <laughs> yeah. sitting at a pub sinking beers. Because, <laughs> well, like, at some point, you just go, "What are we doing here?" Yeah, and you go, "Oh, I better get another beer." Yeah, <laughs> that'll make it more fun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and this is anecdotal, but my experience growing up in like a small coastal town, and it's quite a consistent thing with um, small coastal towns or country towns, is that there's nothing to fucking do in those mm. places. Like growing up, it was like you go surfing. What do you um, mean there's nothing to do? There's heaps of ice. <laughs> We're going into this, yeah. There's like surfing, or you could go to the skate park, or hang out at your mate's place. Maybe? Yeah, we'd have yeah. Halo land battles and shit. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and wild. that's and I was like the main one that played heaps of video games out of my friend group. and Wouldn't have guessed it. No, nah, nah, you wouldn't have <laughs> Well, yeah, and imagine they, that. And a lot the... of them were drug addicts and still are. So. <laughs> hey? Imagine yeah. that you go? in the middle of the country where you cut one of those massive things out of surfing. <laughs> I guess we had the river. Like We'd go swim in the river a lot. Well, apparently yeah. country town's even worse. Like I've heard, yeah, if you're a teenager, it's like if you skate, you can go to skate park. Like literally the only thing to do there is have sex, and that's why it's just... Fucking SPDs There's nothing and... else. <laughs> There's one cinema that was. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's pretty common for a lot of um, small towns to have a lot of drug issues and things like that because everyone's just got nothing to do, and they just yeah get fucked up. I mean, anything to bring a bit of joy to my day. Anything, just yeah. just a scrum of. 
<laughs> and that's Trauma why judgment. I um I love video games, but that's why I um like am super happy to endorse some kind of thing because like people obviously look at the other side like kids aren't going outside anymore. Yeah. Kids are getting fat, but yeah. I don't know. If you stop teen drinking, stop drugs, like or reduce. I think it's a pretty fucking good thing. Well, it's, yeah. it's a balance of anything. Yeah. It's if you replace say staying inside and with digital media compared to mm. going outside and getting fucked up. Outside of those areas, they're still going to do all the same shit. So they're still going to have to have good habits outside of those things. I but. saw a meme the other day that was like, um, it ba- the concept of it was basically just normalize gaming all day. Because like <laughs> you got people that are like, it's like, oh, go to the pool all day is fine. Go play footy with your mates is fine. Um, I don't know, go to a cafe or a pub or something for ages is fine but then gaming all day is like bad even like people say it's it's fine like people just throw out there oh yeah i watched three seasons of fucking a binge watch netflix yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're like yeah but then when you say oh i gamed for three hours they're like then someone put on the fucking comment section they're like oh yeah but all of those other things are productive whereas gaming is literally just sitting there wasting time <laughs> I was like, okay, boomer. Yeah. <laughs> this fucking guy like doesn't clearly doesn't recognize that online gaming helps people develop social skills with people that they've probably never met before um, by calling their mum fat or something. <laughs> Where <laughs> else the, can you do in that? In the Xbox yeah. game chat. Best friends? <laughs> um, and then on top of that, there's the um, the benefits to problem solving, hand-eye coordination, yeah, there's a lot of um, you know, ability to think faster, um, you know, and all of those things that come from, I guess, focusing on a particular situation. I mean, look at the game that Dusty's playing right now, Seven Days to Die. <clears throat> on the surface, it's just like popping zombies in the head. Mm. But there's the construction element. Mm. There's the teamwork element. There's um, clearly some kind of progression system that makes people want to do a little bit better each time. So they're coming up with new ways mm. to solve these problems. Um, one of the examples that I was talking to Dan about on this topic is like um, watching Jack Frags play PUBG when he first started and all his videos through to when he got like pretty fucking sick. And they, by accident, they came up with fire and movement. Like, <laughs> and like they, they suck at the start. Yeah. And then there was this one episode where they're like putting down covering fire and they even say covering and moving. They've never these guys have never been in the fucking military before. They've never been in a situation like that. Yeah, they've played a lot of shooters, but what they did was they had like two dudes in the four man squad putting down cover fire on like um, likely enemy positions, and they had other two push up, and then they moved to cover. And then at the end of it, one guy goes, "Oh man, we should do that more often. That worked really well." <laughs> so I was like, "Come up with this these dudes figured idea, out but... doctrine <laughs> without being told about it just by playing a video game like that." Kind of to show that their thought process is able to like you know trial and error their way to the most effective way to do something that they literally teach in the military mm. shows that there is value in just playing PUBG over and over and over again. So, and um, I was watching my cousin play seven days and he is starting to, you know, how we're talking about channeling and yeah. um, he's kind of figured out that if he builds it a certain way, um, he can, all the zombies will attack this, like one wall. It can destroy one pipe bomb and just take out. Yeah. Mm. And like, like it, it took us fucking six years to learn how to do that shit in the <laughs> army. This yeah. dude's figured it out in a week, like <laughs> <laughs> just by playing a zombie game. Yeah. Like, 
They should have all of the diggers in front of computers all day, every day, mm. playing squad or some shit. Because <laughs> they would be so much smarter. They and then tried you just to put them outside. They'd do the exact same fucking thing. And well, just be like, oh, I did this in squad. Worked really well. The, they tried the to bring Milsim, in that dodgy game. That mil- the military simulation game that we played on Sub 1. Yeah. And it was just ridiculous. I mean, but it's designed by people in the army. So and they they're just like, the it's controls like. controls were like, <laughs> like what the fuck? Who made this? Yeah. Like, it's like you have octopus? to hold a mouse in each hand and move it forward to take steps like yeah you know i don't know if you've seen that <laughs> and then smack your face yeah. in the keyboard just to fire your weapon <laughs> like this is this yeah it's going to be on the field <laughs> yeah it's like the, a, uh, yeah well i don't know if you've seen that south park episode <laughs> where mr garrison just he um, recreates just, the bike he, and it recreates like, the bike and it's like he's got sitting two, on a dildo <laughs> you've got dildos. two dollars here and one in your mouth he's gone <laughs> <laughs> And that's how you control it. It's like yeah. that. That's the same efficiency. It's such typical military to get a video game and be like, we need to change this so it's not like a video game. <laughs> yeah. So we need to change. Well, like, the US military the has replaced some controls with like controllers. Like, yeah, yeah, like they're yeah. bomb. Like they use UAVs, I think. Oh, UAVs, yeah. they use like Xbox controllers. <laughs> yeah, because it's so just fucking... every, like one, they're just ergonomic because yeah. they're made to be like that. And yeah. because people are so familiar with them, it's like it's just an easy transition. Yeah. Um, Adam said... It was his rest day today, so he spent eight of eighty percent of it playing squad. Squad sick, yeah. yeah. I've um had I got back in Escape from Tarkov. I played again last night and today, mm-hmm. and uh, it's pretty sick. But I also got like I spawned in for my first game after months last night. I think I was t- telling you today, mm. and I spawned in, and I was like, oh, I got to figure out the controls again. I was trying to prone. So I'm just standing there and I'm like, <laughs> a dude spawned in near me, knew where the spawns were, uh, rushed me. And I literally only had like a pistol on chest. I didn't lose too much. And I was like, well, welcome back to Tarkov. Yeah. <laughs> 10 seconds. Yeah. Um, I mean, you should have escaped. It's in the title. Yeah. <laughs> you should not figure that out. Squad is sick though too. Dusty said, have you, have you guys seen the game Hell Let Loose? Yeah. yeah Hell we Loose. Watched Isn't that just Squad but in squad, World War Two? Yeah. 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 It, I'm um, pretty sure that's the, that they use the same engine, don't they? Yeah. Or is it's that? Like, it's exactly the same, I think, as Squad, but just. With Actually, a, I think there's, so Hell Let Loose might be separate. There's another one. I can't oh, remember no, the name uh, of it. That uh, is literally just squad it's like something to in World War II. Conscription or something. It's like uh, it's something to do like that. But yeah, I know you're talking. Yeah, about there's that. there is squad. There's squad World War II version, which is called Postscriptum. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's Hell Let Loose, which is effectively the exact same fucking game. Yeah, um, but, but they, they are all sick maps. Like awesome. they got like the World yeah. War II ones. Got like um, you can play like Carantan map, which yeah. is sick. Yeah, Same, yeah. So yeah, I do enjoy watching a good squad match or a good hell let loose match. I think yeah. the hell let loose ones are a bit more enjoyable to watch than squad, just because squad you end up sitting there watching people just like hold positions for ages. Well, that's in it. Like, yeah, sometimes squad is a bit of a walking simulator. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like you just end up like the spawn points nowhere near where you need to go. Yeah, and it's like so far away. You just like well, and just hold down shift and you do just like <laughs> yeah. And I mean that's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what. Yes. Um, yeah, I've been playing Hitman from 2016 recently, and honestly, that was that's like a real fucking mind fuck of a game because even though this Hitman guy has lots of guns, it's apparently you're not supposed to use them, <laughs> you know, because everyone just shoot you in the fucking head and then you die. <laughs> so the best way to win this game is to just like choke people out 
And honestly, I've been stuck on the same levels for like three or four hours, just this one level, playing it over and over again, just trying to get like the perfect silent kills. Mm. These And like if that's not a well-designed game, then I don't know what it is because they've just like sucked me in to these levels and I'm just trying to figure out and like trial and error dying over and over again and going, okay, now I need to wait three and a half seconds for that guy to turn his back so I can stab him in the back of the neck. (laughs) (laughs) And it's literally like even though the the problems you are solving is like how to murder someone more like quietly, (laughs) the whole thing is just like here's a problem, solve it. Yeah. So it's a uh, like an interesting take on like it isn't even considered an action game as much as it's considered like almost a platformer puzzle, yeah. puzzle game. Um, and it's, you know, stealth oriented because you're just constantly thinking about, oh, okay, I'm presented with this problem. How would I, like another example was um, one of the challenges is you have to like snipe someone from a church tower. Mm. And so just getting up the church tower with a sniper rifle fucking difficult i'll tell you what it's not, and not it, everybody just carries a sniper well that's exactly it. right so once i finally fucking figured out how to get up there without getting shot by the police i got up there and i'm like looking for the guys i'm supposed to shoot and i stayed up there for probably like half an hour waiting for them to come out mm. hot tip they never do <laughs> <laughs> so i'm up there going how the fuck do i get these people to come outside <laughs> And then on the next run through, I'm like, okay, I've got a plan. <laughs> I'm going to blow something up and make everyone run outside. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it made them run further inside. So, yeah, it's just a, a you know battle against myself most of the time. Yeah. Um, um, I yeah, do cool. remember hearing that um, some like government organizations used video games to uh, basically like, uh, like mill sim games or even Call of Duty to practice scenarios like scenario um like they would yeah have something in a certain room or they would get the thing to scan things like how people go into certain rooms like it's a video game so they've got like but they see what is the most successful and they can see like how would this transfer to a situation and um it's pretty interesting as well and it's probably even easier now with more mill same sim games out as opposed to like 360 no scope games yeah and i mean if you can access the data from those games you get you know, thousands or hundreds of thousands of hours worth of evidence to see which corner is the most mm. or the best corner for somebody to post up in. Yeah. Which means that you you can present that data to soldiers and go, okay, this is the most threatening area of that room. Yeah. Mm. If you can clear that before you even go in there, you stand an 80% chance of surviving yeah. compared to if you can't clear that, then chances are someone's going to fuck you up from there. Yeah, which, I mean, they already know which corners those are. They're the two in the, in the back. Mm. <laughs> but uh, but you can see the data on like what's the maybe what's the best way to clear those corners yeah. because you've got all of this evidence of people like, you know, I know, I guess even in COD, you know people are in a room how are you going to go about getting them out? Yeah. And you've got all this evidence of all these people online trying all this different shit. So you can yeah. present it to soldiers and go, well, if you ever come up against someone like this, just fucking put some C4 on this little UAV, <laughs> fly it in the building, and you Bob's up. your uncle. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah cool. Um, what was our topic today? Our topic was deloading for training. Mm. Yeah, something yeah. I don't do. Yeah, something I've always been terrible at as well. Like go even rest days, like just go months without either of those things. Well, I don't even understand it. So, right. So the concept of a deload is, I guess, in traditional, I guess, linear or block progression 
um, or periodization, you would work a certain way for a certain period of time. Let's say like six weeks is your program length. At the start of the program, you're looking at higher reps, lower weight to build muscular endurance, hypertrophy, whatever. And then throughout the middle of the program, as the reps go down, the weight goes up. So you're eventually lifting heavy weight. So you, you know, you're transferring through all those stages of like hypertrophy, strength, power, and then eventually, um, you know, those one RM mm. weights. So that by the end of that cycle, you are lifting more than you were at the end of your last cycle, I guess. But once you've done that, um, your body is usually cooked, you know, central nervous system's fried from trying to do, I guess, potentially three or four one RM lifts in one week. So you would do a deload, which takes you right back down to, you know, really light weights mm. for whatever period it might be, a week, um, before you start that cycle again. So, so you just... a little, little rest. It's a rest week, effectively. Yeah. It's, a, it's where you would do lighter exercises, different exercises to give your body a bit of a break um, without completely removing... I mean, a deload week might have no training in it. Um, it might have just steady-state cardio from yesterday. Uh, it might just have... Uh, band exercises or it might have i mean we've done deloads where it's just been like unilateral work all week rather than squats so you might do heaps of lunges and walking and whatever um it doesn't really matter what it looks like as long as it's a break Mm. um however conjugate is designed to not ever need a deload because the deload is included within the working week so the idea for conjugate programming is that you would do your max effort lifts um, at, say, the start of the week. We did them Monday and Wednesday. And then 72 hours later, you're doing your dynamic effort work, which is on, for us, Friday and Sunday. Um, we have a rest day in there, and then we do some conditioning work on the other two days. And the point of a program like that, and it goes in three-week waves, so the dynamic effort is, you know, light, medium, heavy through those weeks, um, the idea is that you'd never need to deload because you are deloading within the week. Um, whether that works or not generally depends on the athlete. Um, it generally depends on the way they've programmed the work throughout the week. Um, it's also fairly important to get the, I guess, the volume splits right. So if you want to do really traditional strict conjugate, you would be doing, when you do your max effort work, that's only 20% of the session. The other 80% is accessory work. Um, If you go over that, if your session becomes, say, 80% max effort, then it's going to be much, much harder to recover in the 72 hours that you have before you do the dynamic effort work and vice versa. You know, um, the point of of varying the exercises, so, you know, one week you might max out on floor press, the next week you're maxing out on incline bench. Um, If you just did floor press over and over again, you're going to need a fucking deload because your body is is adapting uh, constantly to that floor press and then you're going to end up, if you don't deload, you're going to end up with an injury, so... 91 Tay said he loves the conjugate training program. That's good. Huh. Yeah. And uh, good feedback. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Yeah. If, I'm glad. Um, I guess some people would enjoy that over other things. Well, I think it's just so if you've never done it before, it's just so different as well. Mm, and it's yeah. probably a bit refreshing. And um, mm. 
and naturally you're going to see results because you've never done it before. Mm. Yeah, you'll start as you have to adapt to a new thing. You'll probably get some good results, and it's tr- like it's not always fucking yourself up either. No. You can have like, and it's a lot of the time it's it doesn't look like much on paper, but you're getting quite a good session in. Yeah, um, and intensity is a huge part of a training program like that. Um, people have argued that conjugate training is not for beginners because they don't understand how to train hard. Um, I would argue that conjugate training is not for people that don't know how to train hard. It's not for, um, it shouldn't be pro- like uh, prohibited for beginners. As long as you teach a beginner how to train properly, then they are going to get a shitload out of conjugate. Um, if a fucking experienced athlete doesn't understand how to push himself and how to dial back, then conjugate's not for that person because that's the person that's going to not get the results they need out of this kind of program. Um, this sort of ties in with the thing that we said yesterday about, you know, what is a good way to do something with it versus what is the best way to do something. Um, you know, there are lots of athletes out there that have had huge success on linear and block progression. Um, but just because they have great success with that programming doesn't necessarily mean that it's the best way to program someone. Um, one of the biggest arguments for uh, conjugate programming is that when you're doing linear and block, you are detraining just as much as you are training. So let's say at the you know the first portion of your programming, you're doing your high rep, low weight stuff. Throughout all of that, you are increasing your level of conditioning uh, because your volume is probably quite high. Uh, you're you're pushing yourself harder. There might be less rest between sets because the weight is lighter. The intensity might be a little bit higher because, once again, you're feeling a bit fresher. Um, and then as you get further along in that program, the reps go down, the weight goes up, your conditioning is constantly being untrained. So um, the argument for conjugate in that sense is that you are training conditioning every fucking week so you never become a less conditioned athlete um you're training strength every fucking week so you never become less strong ideally uh, you're training dynamic effort so you are never becoming less powerful um and then all of your accessory work is effectively repetition f uh repetition method which means you should really uh never lose the size that you have gained um, the point of conjugate is not to gain size. It's not the kind of programming that you would ideally do as a bodybuilder. Um, but it's more for, I guess, athletes in the sense of, you know, they want to gain power, strength, and conditioning all at the same time. So you want to focus on those three goals throughout the program. Um, you could write, I guess, a less traditional program that is conjugate and have a bodybuilding um, focus to it. Uh, you would just focus, I guess, more on hypertrophy throughout it rather than, say, strength and power. Um, But, yeah, when you look at linear and block periodization, um, the people that tend to like that the most are the ones that are the specificity fanatics, I guess, which just means that they're obsessed with only doing this competition squat, bench and deadlift. Um, and this is from a powerlifting focus, but they're the kind of people that are like, oh, if you don't do competition competition bench press, you won't be good at competition bench press, which, sure, there's an argument to be made for a lack of specificity if you're constantly changing your exercise, but that comes down to programming correctly for the athlete. So I guess uh, using Dan as an example, at the moment we know that 
pretty much anything we do for his bench press is going to in- increase his overall bench press number. So, yeah, on a fucking, you know, whether it's floor press, whether it's a pin press, a board press, it doesn't fucking matter because the bench press seems to go up. So it, we can be, I guess, a little bit less specific with those exercises we choose because he's just at a point in his training where the bench press is going up no matter what he does. So we just do everything. Um, however, when it comes to, say, the deadlift, uh, we haven't had a lot of success with things like rack pulls. Um, we haven't had a huge amount of carryover from your squats. Mm. Um, so while the squat is going up, the deadlift seems to be staying the same. So that just means we need to be much more conscious of the exercises that we use to bring the deadlift up. So maybe it's a case of the good morning, I think, has had a pretty good carryover to the deadlift. Um, I would like to include deficit pulls in the next uh program cycle that we do because I have a feeling that deficits are going to push your deadlift Mm. up quite high, Um, which just means that if you're a coach, you need to be focused on what is working for an athlete and what isn't. If it's working, keep fucking doing it until it stops working. If it's not working, then you need to change it. There's no point beating a dead horse around that. Um, If you're an athlete, you're programming for yourself or you're using a program um, online or whatever. Um, and you notice that things are you're doing things over and over again, and rather than seeing good progress, you're, I guess, just feeling pain or uh, you're feeling tired or sore all the time uh, without the numbers going up. It's probably worth looking at the exercises that you're doing in that program and going, are these actually helping me, or am I just doing the stuff that I like? Um, and then it's about finding what weaknesses you have so for example for me on the bench press um, I really struggle to lock the bench press out if I don't keep my um, upper back tight when I like throughout the lift which has taken me fucking ages to figure out I thought it was a tricep weakness I thought that I had the wrong grip um, and eventually I figured out that I just wasn't able to lock it out because I was losing upper back tightness so my leverages were all fucked um, which means that a big focus of mine has been lifts where I'm forced to keep my upper back tight if I want to succeed. Uh, floor press is one for me, and I just I fucking hate floor press, but it's now a big part of my program because I need to do the things that I'm not good at so that I can become good at them, which will in turn make my bench press go up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Everyone agree? Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, um, green, light, green lights all around. Yeah. yeah, could you just could you say all that again? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so I, was from, my, I was looking at my phone from the top. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> make uh, it drop. Yeah, we've got uh, twenty two minutes to kill. Oh yeah, yeah. Sick. yeah. Okay, I can go through that again. Yeah, two more times maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, 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 I'm glad, I'm really glad Tay enjoys it. Um, it's I would argue that it's a less known training method unless you get into powerlifting. Yeah. Um, like I'd never heard of it until we got into powerlifting. Yeah. Um, and I do one of the things I like about it, and I assume Tay or others that do it might, is um there's no the expectation isn't to hit specific numbers every single time that you do something. Like yeah. if you look at the like if yeah, you if you look at the program, there's numbers, but it's heavily um pushed that you need to go off how you're feeling for the day because yeah. you're never going to be at 110 100% every single time you train. You're definitely never going to be at 110. You should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the expectation is here at least that you are at 110% every time you walk in the gym. So. Yeah. Yeah, I do everything 110%. That's why I always overfill my 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 cups. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Um, so if you go into a session and you feel like shit and say it's like a max effort session and you're pushing, you're going, I'm 10 kilos below what I could do last time I did this. So yeah. you're squatting or something. It's like, well, that's fine. If, as long as you're getting, and there's always been a big emphasis for us on the strain you get out of a, yeah. out of a repetition. If you're getting that strain, um, then you're work. You're still working hard, yeah. And you're gonna see benefits from that. You don't have to push yourself and yeah. potentially get folded in half, like yeah. on a bad day. Yeah, I think it's a and it's a big learning point. I mean, another example is on uh, Wednesday this week we had a floor press max effort session, and I literally could not lift ten kilos, um, you know, lighter than what I could the last time I did it. And um, the last time I did it, I put up 132 kilos. This time, when I tried 100 and 32, I think I completely failed. Tried 130, failed. 127, failed again. Um, and I just wasn't hitting the groove that day. And, you know, things weren't feeling right. Um, but that didn't mean that I just called it there. Um, I do like to finish on a win. I also like to, you know, find a way to achieve that strain. If I'm not, if I'm failing, then I just I'm not getting what I need out of that session. Um, so before we finished the max effort portion of that lift. Oh yeah, that session I did 100 kilo floor press for as many reps as possible. And the beauty of an AMRAP is that if even if it's a light weight, I guarantee the last couple of reps are going to be a bit of a strain. So um, that that made up for my lack of performance. <laughs> um, I think at the start there you basically described what conjugate training is. I think mm. Dusty just missed it and asked, but. Yeah, Probably what is conjugate goes. training? Um, yeah, so conjugate training. Roll the okay, tape. okay. Roll the tape. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and I'll, we'll just define the word. It just means multiple things at the same time, um, which in essence, it's so um, there's another name for it, but I can't fucking figure it out. Concurrent remember. training. Concurrent, yeah, training. Um, but basically, in let's go with linear, which is the complete opposite. Uh, so linear periodization means you focus on one thing at one time, um, which, for example, might be in this part of the training for the next four weeks, we will focus on hypertrophy, so muscular hypertrophy, um, which generally means we're going to try and put on a little bit of size in that in that particular period. Um, and then the next focus, the next block will be... Um, strength which might it's reflected in the sense that you go from say sets of 12 down to sets of five to eight for example that's just a rough guideline and then the next focus might be power so we're doing two to three reps each set and then the last focus might be max effort you know so you're looking to get those one rm numbers up and that's how you might for example peak for a powerlifting meet is you would start with much lighter weights in a linear progression model and work your way over a period of time to much heavier weights. Um, the problem with linear is if you're focusing on one thing, you are neglecting everything else, right? So the point of conjugate training is that you're not focusing on any one thing. You have multiple focuses to your training. So within our training week, we would have a max effort session for upper, a max effort session for lower, a dynamic effort session, which so the focus for max effort is obviously we're trying to put up one RMs uh, in a exercise um, as heavy as possible, ideally beating our PB the last time we did that exercise. Um, dynamic effort is much lighter weights. You're lo usually looking between anywhere from 30% of your 1RM to 60% of your 1RM uh, where you are moving that weight as fast as you possibly can. Uh, the idea is that you're not training 
your overall strength. Um, it's not going to have a huge carryover to your 1RM number, but it is teaching you to move the bar as fast as you possibly can against whatever resistance there is. Um, there's some pretty specific numbers if you want to have success with that kind of training. I wouldn't really recommend that to anyone who doesn't have a fair bit of experience, um, I guess, coaching just because you're trying to hit like 0.8 meters per second every single time you hit a lift. If you're not hitting that, you need to adjust the numbers and it gets fairly complicated around how much volume you're looking at getting over a three-week period and the carryover that might have to um, your overall max effort work. It also involves using tools like bands or chains on the bar for accommodating resistance. Not a lot of people have access to those things and you know, much less know how to use them properly, um, which just means that it's it's getting a bit complicated for probably someone that spends a lot of time in a commercial gym. You just don't need that shit. Um, but there is also a repetition method included with the accessory work. Repetition effort is, um, or repetition method is basically just a fancy way of saying multiple reps in a set, uh, anywhere uh, from like eight through to 50 reps, I guess. Um, and you're just using a weight that you can get that amount of reps with. Um, and the point of that is to uh, induce muscular growth, um, I guess, maybe challenge a particular area more. Um, so conjugate is where we use all of these methods in a strategic way throughout a week uh, rather than doing four weeks of repetition, four weeks of dynamic, four weeks of power, um, yeah, which can be described as linear or block periodization. Uh, 91 Tay said, definitely humbles me doing those sessions. <laughs> the dynamic days are really good. Swallow the ego and go lighter for more reps. Yeah. Mm. No, and it's good for like it's well, it should be in all kinds of training. Yeah. Um, but getting rid of ego for your training is one of the best things you can do for it, I think. Yeah. Because it just, you know, you become realistic and everything becomes about being better and not looking better at the time. Or yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it can be a fairly humbling process, especially when you're doing max effort work and maybe you're not hitting the numbers you have hit before, but that everything about a conjugate program is an indicator. Um, for example, when you aren't getting the numbers like I did uh, on Wednesday, I'm not hitting the numbers that I should have hit because I've done it before. Um, I know I am capable of floor pressing 132 kilos. I've done it before. I should be able to do it again. But if I'm not doing it again, there must be a reason why. So is that reason I'm fatigued? I'm not sleeping properly. I haven't been eating right. Um, yeah, something else about my recovery is fucked out. Maybe I don't weigh as much as I did that week before and my leverages aren't as good. Maybe I'm not focusing on keeping certain things tight and that was the reason that I succeeded the last time. Um you know, it, it could be any number of things, but it's better than just going, oh, I'm not as strong, you know, or oh, I'm, I've failed because I suck or some shit. Um, it's you're able to look at this program and go, there must be a reason why I didn't get this weight. Um, and max effort work is a really good way to find out what you suck at. Um, you know, if you're failing at the lockout, I mean, it could be a couple of things, but most likely it's your fucking triceps. So once you figure that out, you go, okay, I need to spend a little bit more time on my triceps. Um, you know, it allows you to look at your week and, and see those weak spots that you, it, it's very hard to see in a linear model because a linear model is designed to take you from point A to point B with very low risk of failure. 
And if you never fail, you never figure out what you suck at. So you might be just slow motion working your way towards an injury. Or um, I guess you might be just slow motion working your way towards very little progress. Um, You might get to the end of a 12-week block and figure out that you put on basically zero kilos on your deadlift, for example. Um, I've seen a lot of athletes who, once they're outside of that newbie gains period, they'll spend literally a whole 12-week program working their ass off and at the end, when they get to testing week, their deadlift has not gone up at all or their squat has gone up fucking 1.25 kilos. Um, wouldn't it have been better to figure that out three weeks into the fucking program? Like if you you get three weeks in and you go, oh, I should do a test of my strength um, and you go, well, fuck, maybe these these exercises that I've chosen for this next 12 weeks aren't the best exercises for me. Maybe the volume that I'm doing is too much or too little. Um, to spend a whole three months figuring that out is a waste of a three-month training cycle in my opinion. Um, whereas with conjugate, you get a three-week wave. Um, you might do three different exercises during that wave for max effort work. And if you're not hitting the right numbers, you can reassess and go, okay, I have weak fucking triceps. I need to work on that. Or my lockout's failing because I can't keep my upper back tight. Um, And it allows you to hone in on those weaknesses much, much faster than if you were doing that block periodization. Well, yeah, once you find out those weaknesses and because if you're programming for yourself especially or you realize that you may benefit more from working on something over another accessory, you know, and which you do all the time, say this seems to be a weakness, so we should do these to get that stronger. Yeah. So, and because, you know, the nature of conjugate is that it's a lot of change up with the um, variety with the exercises. So, if part of your accessories... It's like for me, I'd, be, I'd probably benefit more from deficit deadlifts yeah. than rack balls. So if those yeah. rack balls, I could just switch those out yeah. with deficits and I'd probably have a lot better uh, results at the end or yeah. even a little bit further down the same training program depending on the length of it. Yeah. Another emphasis, and this should be an emphasis of all training, but it just seems like you probably get it a little bit more in conjugate because of the amount of max effort work is um, there's a much greater emphasis, like Dan said before, on listening to your body um, on what's more technically known as auto-regulation. So when I walk into the gym on a max effort day, if I'm working my way up through the sets and things don't feel right, then I know that I probably am not going to hit a fucking 1RM that day. Um, So, you know, it's about, you know, figuring out what's tight, what hurts, maybe... I've, you know, got a minor or a niggling injury and I can, you know, work my way through, say, sets of good mornings and go, okay, I noticed that my lower back might be feeling a little bit more tender, a little bit more vulnerable. I'm not going to push myself right to the fucking limit. Instead, I might choose to do a 3RM or a 5RM that day uh, rather than a 1RM because the beauty of a 5RM is I'm using a much lower weight. I'm still trying to push myself to a point of strain, but I might go, oh, okay, I just got three reps through that set at a lighter weight and something's not quite feeling right. I might just call that set there, do another set and try and keep my technique a bit better. So the focus is constantly on how can I make all of these reps perfect rather than just my program says that I have to squat 195 kilos today. So guess who's squatting 195 kilos Mm. regardless of how I feel. Um, you know, I think everyone's had those days where you say in that example, you go 195 kilos, you get to say 170 
and you do it and you struggle through it, you're like, fuck. Yeah. Like, I am meant to go heavier. And some people may try to go heavier and, like I said earlier, get folded in half. Yeah. Um, where the smart thing to do goes to do is think I pretty much that on a good day, that's how 195 probably would have felt. Yeah. I basically got the exact same thing out of it. Yeah. yeah. And one of the most important things here is when you know there's no deload, right? So just looping back to the fucking whole point of this episode, I guess. When you when you're aware that in your program, conjugate is designed to not have a specific deload period. The deload is within the week. So you're supposed to maximize your fucking recovery and spend time in these sessions noticing how you feel and how those lifts are going. Um, you're, I would say, slightly less at risk of injury as long as you're smart about how you train. If you fucking go balls to the wall every time, regardless of your technique, you're probably going to get hurt. But um, the the contrast is that if I know that I've got a 12-week block where I work my way up to really heavy weights and then at the end of that 12 weeks, I get a little break, am I more likely to listen to my body or am I more likely to go, oh, I got a break in three weeks' time. I'll just fucking mus- I'll muscle through these lifts. Oh, I'm getting a sore hip. Oh, I'm getting a sore knee. But in three weeks' time, I get a little bit of a break. So I'll just push through until then, and then I'll get my rest in then. Who's going to end up more injured? It's definitely the person who's pushing through an injury to make it to the end of a 12-week block compared to the person who's gone, oh, you know, I, ne- I really need to maximize my recovery this week. You know, this max effort, 170 felt like 195. So maybe I'll just practice 170 again. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'll back it off to 165 because I just know that I'm experiencing my upper back caving or something like that. And I'm just going to really fucking nail my technique on that lift. And say 165 feels fucking awesome. And then you go, oh, maybe I'll try 170 again, focusing on those same things. And it flies up. Sure, push it up to 175 that day. Um, but your whole focus for the session has changed from I need to hit 195 to I need to squat perfectly. So it's a completely mm. different outcome. And I guarantee you, over time, your numbers are going to go up because you're not going to be the person going, oh, I get a rest in three weeks' time, so I'll just fuck myself. Um, you're going, oh, I need to squat perfectly now. And so eventually you will always have that perfect squat in an ideal world. Yeah. And I'd say like on deloads with conjugate, the benefits I've found of a deload during a conjugate, even though they're not technically necessary, is the mental break from training as well. Yeah. Like I found like it might go really hard. Like I think last time we went, had a 12-week program, then a four-week brutal program that we tried out. Yeah. And I by the end of that, I was like, fuck, I would love a week to just like have a bit yeah. lower tempo. And like I probably could have gone straight into another program. Yeah. Um, but it was nice to have some lower tempo, I still enjoy this enough to be enjoyable, but I don't have to beat the fuck out of myself every single time. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that situation was a really big learning experience for mm-hmm. me, especially because by the end of that conjugate, things were moving fucking well. Like yeah. all of our squats were hitting some really good numbers. There was almost no injuries to speak of. Um, everything felt like it was right in the groove and we were making some progress. But because I'd put a 12-week limit on this program, we are like, oh, okay, it's over now. I'll switch to – we'd switch to a higher volume situation, which was a massive mistake for me because I ended up getting injured because of that higher volume and bigger repetition and because, once again, there was no focus as much on technique as there was of hitting a certain number that day. Um, and then that injury has really hindered my ability to make progress. But because we've switched back to a conjugate program, I know that my point – 
for a max effort session is to push myself to the heaviest weight I can lift safely with good technique. And I might hit a much lower number than what I was hitting in that previous program, but I know that my back has gone, you know what, maybe stop there. And because I know it's a max effort day, not a hit 200 fucking kilos day, I feel a bit better with, you know, with myself about going, okay, I'm just going to call it there because I know this is heavier than what I did last time. My back is still feeling good. Why fucking risk it? Yeah. You know, so that, you know, and at the moment, the program that we have, we're on, I have written for 15 weeks, but it's really five, three week cycles. And as we go through it, I keep writing notes, I make adjustments and I go, okay, well, this next three week block, we might need to focus on these accessories or for the next six weeks, I'm swapping out floor press for um, close grip spotto press, something that, I mean, that's just a recent example of something we've done so that. Um, I can focus more on the weaknesses. And at week 15, I'm not going to take a week off. I'm just going to hit Control-C, Control-V on the fucking Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> and we're going to keep going. But you get the rest within the week. You know, if you if Dan's having a shit week and he just goes, I need a bit of time off from training, you know, there's only four days he really needs to be here. And even on those max effort days, he might just go, okay, that's a, that's enough for me. I'm calling it there because I don't feel like I'm mentally capable of pushing myself to the absolute fucking limit. Whereas, once again, if there was a linear progression and it was a 12-week program, he might go, oh, I've got to rest in 12 weeks, so I'll just wait till then. <laughs> just yeah. 12 short weeks away. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, just three short months away. Yeah. Hopefully COVID's gone by then. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, coming in the last three minutes, Dusty had uh, one last question. Said, "Can any of us draw any good?" I know I cannot. I know I no. I'm like a I child. No, so yeah. it depends on the picture. Faces terrible. Dicks. What can- <laughs> Pretty good at dicks. Pretty yeah. good at dicks. Drawn some dicks in my time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I cannot draw. Also, yeah. cannot draw. Yeah. No, absolute garbage at drawing. I'm amazed. I am pretty autistic though. Well. So. Yeah. <laughs> good numbers. Yeah. yeah. Um, who? Can draw really good. Uh, Horrible. Cliffo can draw. Pretty Cliffo well. can draw oh, yeah. really good. Yeah, I'm uh, amazed at the stuff. Horry can, can draw put, pretty well too. I think. Yeah. Actually, yeah, because on my recon course, he was in my patrol, and he was the one that did all the uh, overlays because right. he was the neatest. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Some other dudes that could draw, but yeah, it is super impressive when people can draw, and I'm always envious because it seems like it'd be a really cool skill to have. Oh. Um, Dusty was asking that because he said we need to get some emotes and challenge rewards. Oh, yeah. We could just um get a, be a bunch of dicks, I'd say. A bunch of dicks, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> none of us, um, he said, who streams games they play? None of us are streamers. No, nah, if I get a new PC, PC, I might oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, My PC already needs an upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we can get another dude from OC store, just like yeah. a VA, basically. Let's oh, no, sorry, 91 Tay asked that. Who streams? Let's do an oh, yeah. Ample GoFundMe where I get a new PC out of it. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking for 10 grand. So. <laughs> yeah, because my brother did that. He paid 45 bucks and got a bunch of emotes made by like, yeah. Fiverr. Yeah. yeah um, so you could do that. What All right. What we make them? Dicks, I said that. <laughs> Dragons. They just have like different cartoon faces for each of us. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, We'll you can out. make you, you, you guys make um good profile picture close up faces. That's just, that's just, just in. outline there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. Might not have to look like it's talking nonstop though. <laughs> <laughs> Mid conversation. Yeah, like, take yeah. us home. Dan, okay, yeah. hurry up. How long do I have? How long is fast? Forty forward? seconds. Oh, easy. 
All right. Thanks to everyone that's joined in today. Uh, everyone that's contributed, watching the background, watches later. We appreciate all of it. So thank you. It is Friday, so enjoy your weekend. We'll be back yeah. Monday morning for our first morning. Oh. Oh. Yeah, right and early, coffee in that. hand. We Honestly, tried that once. And it's the same time. It's the same I time I get it anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Monday morning, we're back for our to record a podcast live. If you want to uh, hear that, be welcome to. We'd love to have you along. Uh, in the meantime, we all our podcasts are on Apple Music and Spotify. It's called The Hardway Anvil TD Podcast, and we're also on YouTube. Our channel is Anvil Training Development. We've got all the live at fives, a bunch of episodes where we go over articles Marshall and I have written. And we've done. Ah, yeah. oh, <laughs> piece of shit. Easy. Yeah. Nah, that's it. All right, see everybody. Yeah, <laughs> listen, listen, listen to our podcast. Well, it hasn't cut us off yet, but okay. I usually try to. Okay, yeah, yeah. See ya. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs>